and welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast, the podcast where we celebrate and elaborate on our odd interests. I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Rayabel. And today's guest was Andy Apui. And we talked about Anne of Green Gables, a really wonderful feminist tale that I did not know about, but now I'm looking forward to potentially reading and watching. Um, yeah, I think it was really good, and it was a really nice, empower, empowering feminist episode. Yeah, girl power. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us at guiltypleasurepodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on social media at Guilty Pleasure Podcast. Uh, if you like this episode, please let us know by leaving us an iTunes review. It really helps me and Amanda out in terms of getting this podcast seen and in uh, kind of promoting it and having as many people listen to it as possible, which is what we want. So if you like what you hear, please leave a review on uh, iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Hey, guys. It's Ryan and Kelly. Hey, guys. It's Ryan and Kelly. <laughs> From the Hellmouthy Podcast, do you want to watch Buffy either again or for the first time ever and talk about it with us? <laughs> You'll be doing talking by yourself, but we'll be talking. Check out the Hellmouthy Podcast on Nerdist School Network. Listen to it. Okay, <laughs> let's try it one more time. <laughs> Um, yes. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. I'm a little sweaty and gross because it is like triple digits outside. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. yucky out, but no, no. you know, but it's good to be in here. Yeah, it's nice a little cool. Yeah, there's it's no cool windows. Cave. You know, it's a cool cave. Yay. It's a cool it's cave. Cool. It's a podcasting <laughs> cave. It's awesome. So, uh, anyway, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh my gosh, you're gonna get personal right away. Bum, bum, bum. Oh my gosh. Well, my guilty pleasure is actually the Anne of Green Gables series, both the books and the nineteen. It turned out it was 1985 and 1987 television series, but oh. I saw it in the 90s on the Disney Channel. Okay. Nice. So. That answers my very first question for you, which is what is your favorite uh, iteration of Anne of Green Gables? Absolutely that version. So the books themselves were amazing. I started reading them when I was like, actually, I was 11 when I first started reading them. And oh, they're like, you're Harry Potter. Yeah, definitely. I, well, I read Harry Potter, too. Um, but I was more attracted to Anna Green Gables because, you know, she's this feminine, she's a girl, for one thing. She's and she's a spunky heroine, and I just really, really took to her. And also, we were both 11 years old. Her character, in the very beginning, is at 11 years old, and it, the series follows all the way till like, I think the last book she was in her, she was in her 50s? Mm -hmm. Holy cow! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? That long? Yeah. I don't know why mm -hmm. I was so surprised about that, well, the last, but that's a lot of freaking books, I'm assuming. Well, the last book's about her daughter, 
And it's about, so the books were written in 1908, Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually during the first wave of feminism, and uh, Lucy Montgomery was the the author, and she was really inspired by basically everything that was going on at the time, women's suffrage. Uh, She's Canadian, and so is the character, and uh, women, I was looking, doing a little bit of like, you know, research, and she, so women in Canada were given the right to vote in in particular, Nova Scotia, which is the area where this, where she, the author, and the character in the books are based. Prince Edward Island. Mm-hmm. Nova yeah, Scotia. Is that on the, is that on mm-hmm. the west or the east side? It's on the east side. Gotcha. PEI muscles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what are hey, those? That's right. Prince Edward Island muscles. Oh, oh. my gosh. Told me. I, I had think about no that. idea no, that I... they were known for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one time I asked, I was like, what does PEI stand for? And they're, like, they're from Prince Edward Island. Oh, I'm like, hey. where's that? And they're like, Canada. And I'm like, I'm 17. I don't care. I don't know. Give me those. But these are wonderful. Also. <laughs> wonderful. So good. Uh, but yeah, Nova Scotia in 1918. So that's, when, it's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was, was, mm-hmm. was there a Canadian suffragette movement that complemented the American suffragette movement? Mm-hmm. And that, that was, that was around, just around that time. Gotcha. Exactly do you guys remember Good Mary day. Poppins where they sing that suffragette song? Uh, do I? Oh. I just watched that on an airplane. Oh, you, you guys. did? Yeah, it was it was an excellent choice, and it was it it was fun. But yeah, I didn't realize as a kid that that was the thing that was happening. That's what she was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I didn't realize it either. Just mm-hmm. like I didn't realize that fucking Julie Andrews and the Von Trapps were running away from the fucking Nazis. Like that's no a thing idea I about that either. At the very end, when they they just went hiking, that's what they were doing. <laughs> they just they. Said, hey. I thought they went on the road and like did a show. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at them go. Good for you. This is what it's got. This is what touring is about. Yeah. You get, you're going to climb every mountain. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought musicians. <laughs> climb every mountain. Wow, they're literally. doing like a lot of location-based mm-hmm. concerts in the hills. <laughs> Must be summertime. I, was like, I remember when they do that concert in that movie after they finish their little Edelweiss piece and then they don't stay for their reward. I was like, why did they leave before they got their reward? Yeah. I was yeah. just like, oh, they're on the road again. Don't have time for accolades. Why are they pushing no. that car out of the driveway? Yeah, very <laughs> Can they just quiet. turn on? Yeah. Sorry, oh. <laughs> I no. hijacked that really quickly. Let's go back to Anna. I, know, but I was actually going to go back to Mary Poppins because the only thing I really remember from that movie are the penguins. Oh, oh my god, I, I love that part. That, that's my favorite part. I loved that. And then I learned when I watched that, what was that movie, Saving Mr. Banks? How yes. they're saying that yes. she hated that. The, 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 was, what was the name of the author? Do you remember her name? Yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't see that movie. She did not want to give Disney the rights to Mary Poppins mm-hmm. at all. That's and right. that, because I haven't seen mm-hmm. Saving Mr. Banks, it's like all my things to watch because I love Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Emma Thompson, so yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and I love Emma Thompson too. Mm-hmm. Um, but she apparently he like had to like court her to like get that and mm-hmm. she got pissed about a bunch of stuff because he rescinded back on his promises a couple times, right? Like no yeah. cartoons. Was that one uh, of them? One of them was like no cartoons, no like singing and so he did all of that. Singing, penguins, everything. Friggin' and but let's go Dick fly Van Dyke. a kite is like the best song ever. Oh my god. Yeah, it so it, even I loved the um carousel. Oh, the, the carousel, carousel, and they're eating oh, the right. candy apples. Mm. Very important to me as a small child, for whatever reason. That was like th- th- very close to the penguins. Yeah, but very the, close to the penguins. But I think like that movie, especially it's one of the ones that you know when you're a kid, your parents will pop that in just to babysit you with. Yeah. And so like you certain things that you'll you won't understand a word of it. You're yeah. like, oh, I just like the visuals. And then for me, it was just I don't 
even understand because that accent even though it was, a, it was Dick Van Dyke's accent was completely fake and horrible oh, yeah. at the time I didn't know I just thought he was speaking mumbo jumbo anyways but I was like oh, I love the dancing yeah I love the penguins yeah. I have no idea what context is it or what it's about what <laughs> <laughs> kind of effect oh have. women are voting yeah what? Yeah, totally. No Crazy. But segueing back, that's the same thing with like Anna Green Gables. When I read it, I had no idea that it was actually like um, one of the first for YA novels for young feminist women. Yeah. She has like this whole um, through, in, I guess she had a little bit of an agenda when she was writing these books. Mm-hmm. And it really was to like empower the next wave of women, young women because her character not only um, is like the smartest in town, she also is goes to teaching college and then she goes to university and then she becomes a principal of an entire school of like a like a major like preparatory school mm-hmm. she's so, a career woman she was a career woman yeah, the turn of the girl. century oh yeah. no that wasn't turn of the century it was turn of the century yes 1908 was when they yeah, were yeah, published yeah. her character according to wikipedia i didn't figure this out myself was born in like <laughs> let me see let me look at my notes i read the wikipedia page too i did i have a, I have a picture of it i'm like you're to- yeah. I'm I'm in because I actually have never heard. I mean, I'm my mother's an avid reader, so I'm sure she had said this to me. But I had never heard of the of Anne of Green Gables literally prior to Amanda telling me that this was your guilty pleasure. Really? Oh, so really? I never. I had like very little exposure to it. Um, so I was like, "What's this about?" And I like kind of was like, oh, "There has to be a movie or something." And that's when I found out there was like literally dozens of iterations of it across yeah. the like across. Up until Netflix released one that, like, a series that Ooh. apparently didn't and with an e. about, yeah, Ooh, we'll did not, that, that apparently did not do good. Mm. Oh, really? There's a reason why, too. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll, okay. We'll, get we'll, there. Get to that. we'll get there. But, uh, yeah, the reason why I came to it is because, like, I spent most, well, let's see, when did I move out to the States? Uh, I think I was 12, almost 13. So, like, I was in Hong Kong and Saudi Arabia until I was 11. And then we were just bouncing back and forth. But, uh, so everything that I got in terms of like popular culture was whatever like the colonies were basically putting out, so like BBC television and all stuff. Yeah. And then Canadian TV, CBC was a big deal over in Hong Kong. So anything like related to like Canadian culture. So like when it came to children's television, there were like cartoons and there were books and there were radio plays, like all about Anna Green Gables. So that's how like I got into it. That's so, so cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really. Cool. And also, my mom was like. You should read this. <laughs> no. Because I didn't take to Little House on the Prairie because she's like, here's the books. What do you think? I'm I like, was, oh, was going to see if you were into those because they're similar. I loved Laura Ingalls Wilder. That was my thing. I loved Little House on the Prairie books. That was my pre-Harry Potter books. I loved yeah. those books yeah. when I grew up. Yeah, This was my pre-Harry Potter too. Yeah. So I, Anna Green Gables. But for some reason, I just didn't take to it. I don't know. You didn't take to Laura and her blind sister? Her beautiful blind sister. Oh, that's right. Was she, she beautiful? beautiful? She was beautiful, beautiful, and that's why it was a shame that she was blind because she, she couldn't appreciate how beautiful she was. <laughs> that's true. I just Yikes. remember, like, when she could see, there was this one episode where they were asleep, and then there was like a rat or something that like chewed up her sister's hair. That's all I remember. So I mean, I remember like just crazy things. That's I probably why I was like, I don't know. This is about the vermin. penguins and the rats and the hair. I know. <laughs> Reading a book about vermin, I was like, oh, I'm not, too, I'm not no, so into no, no, it. No, no. But let's go to a Canadian good. farm. I feel like there will be less rats there. Well, they don't mean there was a mouse in the story, but you know that's what's like here. Neither here or there. So it was a happy mouse because it died eating too much custard. But that's a thank God. It's a little thing. It's a spoiler. Oh my God. And this is from the first book. This was from the first book. Okay. The mm-hmm. first book actually has, from mm-hmm. what I could tell, a lot mm-hmm. of like, just like, it's like basic like 11-year-old girl, like really awesome 11-year-old girl adventures. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what that summary is and like what they expect? Oh, okay. Well, if you were to read the first book, which is the reason why I fell in love with the character Anne, because it's it's basically about a girl. She's an orphan. So actually, you know what? Because I'm not exactly articulate on the fly, so I'm just going to read what I wrote. Great. So the quick summary is. Anne Shirley, she's an orphan who is adopted by uh, Marilla and Matthew Cuthbert. Okay, Marilla is a sensible spinster and her painfully shy brother. They're both in their 60s. They're kind of like borderline elderly. Um, But they're not. I mean, Matthew runs a farm entirely by himself. So, I mean, like, he's like... He's doing okay. He's doing all right. He's pretty badass. Um, There is, like more backstory to these guys but anyways but the point is they adopt they wanted to adopt a boy to help raise the farm or continue like working on the farm but on accident they end up getting a girl <gasps> yeah. womp, womp. Womp, womp. so what are they gonna do so um she charms them because she's got this amazing wild imagination and she's got this fiery red hair and so um she's just really charming even though like on when you first look at her, she's like, oh, she's a girl. There's no, What are we going to do with her? She's not going to be mm-hmm. any use. She's just going to be like another person in the house, you know, all this kind of stuff. Child labor. I know. <laughs> um, actually. But then, you know, she charms it because she's just so amazingly wonderful. I would love to play, actually, the, one of the clips. So it kind of shows yeah. like, how incredibly imaginative and how wonderful she is. And what clip is this from? This is actually from... The first, uh, so there's the, there was a television series that was on the Disney Channel. All before that, it was, I think it was on PBS and it was on Canadian television. Um, but then they replayed it, they reissued it and uh, showed it on the Disney Channel, which is when I got a hold of it. Gotcha. And I, you know, I am of the, I'm a little bit older, so I'm of the generation where you actually record it on your VHS and then you play yeah. it over and over Oh no, I had those. I had those too. I had those too. I'm not much I'm not much younger, but I had that too. I had that way into like we didn't get our first DVD player, I don't think, until like two thousand four. So I was still rocking the VHS stuff for a while. I love a good VHS. I know I do miss that. I do too. The sound, that click. Mm. Or also like just did you ever have like the The rewinder? rewinder? Mm Yes. Oh, I loved it. Especially when it would be done and just pop up. Well it was so easy also to just like pirate movies from from TV because it'd be like, Oh, I'm gonna record this. Yeah, so much better than DVR. Honestly, like some of my all of the holiday movies we had from being kids were recorded from TV. And the best part about all of those movies are the commercials. Oh, in retrospect, are the old school true. like 1987 mm-hmm. McDonald's commercials or like whatever they were selling, and like the holiday commercials, like ugh, I don't know why I love that so much. Maybe that's my guilty pleasure. Do you remember? Uh, you know, I love those too because we used to record a lot in my family as well. And I one commercial that always sticks out to me in like one of these recordings is how McDonald's would always advertise their Happy Meal toys for boys and their Happy Meal toys for girls. Do you guys okay. remember that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I lived off that shit. <laughs> I lived off that shit. Anyway, play your clip. When do oh, you play your clip? Let me play the clip. So this is from the 1985? Uh, yes. It's okay. Anne of Green Gables. It's, uh, it was produced by Kevin Sullivan. Uh, hey, it's Kevin. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can... Do they so, say a boot a lot? They do. Yes. This is what comes of Look at sending kind of word instead of going ourselves, Matthew. So don't want me? <gasps> you don't want me because I'm not a boy? <gasps> oh, my God. But he ever did want me. I might have known this was all too beautiful to be true. Come, come, now don't cry. It is not your fault. This is just the most tragical thing that has ever happened to me. Oh, honey. Well, what's your name? Would you please call me Cordelia? (laughs) (laughs) What a little shit. She knows what she's doing. Call you Cordelia? No, she's really like this. Do you think it's a pretty name? 
Is that your name? Well, no, it's not exactly my name. But, oh, I would love to be called Cordelia. I don't understand what you mean. Cordelia is a perfectly elegant name. I don't what understand is your what name, you mean. child, and no more nonsense. Anne Shirley. Plain old unromantic Anne Shirley. Anne Shirley is a fine, sensible name and hardly one to be ashamed of. Oh, I'm not ashamed. But if you're going to call me Anne, would you please be sure to spell it with an E? What difference does it make how it is spelled? Makes a lot of difference. Print out A-N-N and it looks absolutely dreadful. But Anne with an E is quite distinguished. So if you only call me Anne with an E, I'll try and reconcile myself to not being called Cordelia. Very well then, Anne with an E. <laughs> How is it that you happen to be brought and not a boy? Uh, all right. Was that, that it? That was I love it. And with an E. That's what, 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 like a, what a, what like a, you know what she reminds <laughs> me of? She reminds me of the, uh, the VC from Silicon Valley. Do you guys watch that show? Which one? The Silicon Valley. I know, HBO. I, I know but which, uh, oh, which, uh, which the, VC, the, 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 you know which one, the, the stand upish one, the one that has like pronounces every word oh, very specifically. Oh, the one that is on the spectrum, supposedly. Mm, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> That's I love she reminds her. me of. She's a, well, she's much more emotional than that character. Um, but yeah, I can I can see how like they're kind of similar. I think yeah, that's interesting. Someone was telling me I don't know if it's true, so maybe you might want to cut it out. But I heard that Megan Follows, who is the girl who plays Anne Shirley, was considered for a part in Silicon Valley. So who knows? Maybe that oh, was shit. the actual part. Oh, who knows? You know? Who but, knows? But you know, I might just be making up shit. But I don't know. No worries. That's but, okay. It's a you disclaimer. Can. That's, that's a I, pretty. That's what I heard. That's a pretty badass scene, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. like a little girl that like kind of knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Like she's super bright and very conversational. I don't know you if I don't talk like, want me. But no, that's the thing. <laughs> so you think that she's like manipulative, but she's not. She's genuinely just that. The thing that's so amazing about her is that she just genuinely feels. And she's openly transparent, which I think is just amazing for like in terms of a role model for this girl. And the other thing that was really what I know why I completely related to her at the time, it was subconscious. But the fact that so they described her as a girl who was red hair and was always being called a little witch. And so she kind of was out of place at the time. Mm-hmm. So that used to be a very derogatory term. Girls with red hair and um, who were like freckly, oh. who didn't have like alabaster skin. They were considered, you know, kind of like other so they weren't yeah. they their look wasn't in fashion so they're kind of looked down upon so they're the type of girls that people would never want to marry or they wouldn't be considered you know beautiful or attractive and she even like talks about that in the book like as her character she's like oh i want to be like cordelia that's my alter ego who's Aww. like has like black raven hair and stuff like that and there's one point where um there's the, the boy that actually is her romantic hero in the stories is gilbert blythe when they meet um he actually is teasing her because he sees yeah, her. Yeah, he's love mean at first to sight. her. He's mean to her. Yeah. But it's love at first sight. Is it's that what it is? First, it is love at first sight. You gotcha. realize that afterwards. But yeah, he's mean to her, and she stands up for herself. She actually, I can go to that clip as well. Um, do you mind if I do that? You me, could you if you'd that? like to. Is sure. It, let me see. Let me hope it doesn't. Okay. Let me try to do that and you find it. I will find it. You guys keep talking. Well, that was the thing with Gil. Like that was like I was trying to figure out what was the deal with Gilbert because in the Wikipedia page it doesn't mention that they got married or anything like that. Do they? They do. They do. do. Mm -hmm. Not not in the first book. Uh, They get married in the after the third book. They get married. In the oh, fourth, geez, I believe Louise. in the fourth or fifth book. Like, and then they stayed together forever? Forever. Oh, forever. that's nice. All right. I didn't know if there was like a tragic death or something like well, that. Well, the television, the miniseries version, they did um, kill him off. 
That's oh, because geez. the actor in real life also ended oh. up passing away. So, um, oh no, well, that was recent. Uh, but they wrote him out of the show for some odd reason. And but anyways, and that's the nineteen eighty five version of it. Well, there was a nineteen eighty five. There was nineteen eighty seven, and then they did an anniversary, like in two thousand something. Like gotcha. revisited the storyline. But the then story the line. third miniseries was a complete departure from the books and it was not well received at all oh geez i remember when i was a kid there was a show on disney channel uh called avonlea Avonlea? yeah yeah that's the same thing road to avonlea so road to avonlea that's why they were i was watching that show too dude i Mm -hmm. loved that show Mm -hmm. and i remember do you remember this lady then Yes, for show. sure, mm-hmm. for sure. So I wasn't sure because I haven't seen it That's since Marilla, I was little. Those little. Are, you know, yeah, it, it's the same lady. Yep. She's old. Um, she's got a bun. She's got glasses. She's a firm lady, but with a, a big heart. Um, that was my first kind of introduction into Anne of Green Gables, too. I don't know if that series actually involves a lot of Anne or if it was other characters in the world is that what it was Mm -hmm. and Anne kind of like finds herself in there and out of there every Mm -hmm. once in a while yeah at that point um here I'm just gonna cue it up let it go um yeah so Road to Avonlea which I believe that's the name of that show yeah was the spinoff from the miniseries because the miniseries were both so successful but the actors at that time were so expensive that they're like we're not coming back so gotcha. like, okay, we'll just do a television show about the peripheral characters based off of the show and the essays and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, um, there we go. It was a great show, too. It had um, an actress, something, Polly, I think her name was. She was really mm. good. Um, the the young girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was great. She's supposed to be like um, another version of like Anne, Spunky Anne. Like a, yeah, like a little feminist badass. Mm-hmm. Like a little yeah. feminist badass. Yeah. Uh, here, I got it now. Cool. Okay, cool. Both my parents were teachers. I'm positive we'll have a lot in common. This is when she meets sure where she meets Gilbert, or Gilbert meets her for the first time. Oh, thank you, Mr. Phillips. Diana Barry is my bosom friend. That's her best friend. Please take yeah. your seat and read your lesson. This is her first day at school. I must work with my queen student now. The teacher's kind of a jerk. Oh, oh yeah, no, he courts one of his students, he right? He does court one of his students. Which one? You're going to see right now. Oh, God. Was it like when everybody was all different ages, right? Yeah, they're all different ages. So people who can't see this, like, she's actually old enough to date the teacher. Yeah, except the teacher, I mean, like... It's still gross. Yeah, it's still disgusting, (laughs) though. All right, class. Take out your notebooks. Memorize the dictation from yesterday. So, you need said to share teacher. A, you need to share. A, oh, the frog part. I forgot about this. Oh. So, that's Gilbert. That's Gilbert. Yeah. He's okay. cute. He's cute. He's very attractive. So he's he's throwing things at her. Hey, Carrot. Oh. He calls her Carrot. He's a fuckboy. He's a fuckboy. He starts out that way, of course. But she's How like. Dare you! She's spunky. That's right. Shirley, what is the meaning of this? It was my fault, sir. I, I was teasing her. Oh, wow. So he took away. the rest of yeah, the day. Yeah, he... So that's the introduction to Gilbert. Yeah, I've he, totally he, watched this entire series. I'm watching this and going, I know who that girl is. I remember all of this. You, so you've seen it. So I've totally seen this. Holy cow. 
I'm there like having go. all like I'm really? like, everything's coming yes, back to you. I was on yeah, I was on Disney Channel. It's probably yeah, it was. It's one of those things like you're like yeah. you come home from school and you're just like watching. Like, oh, it was just on and I, I loved it. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I taped it and I watch it over and over and over again whenever I was in a bad mood. That's awesome. And what was the exact title of this mini series? It was called Anne of Green Gables, and then Anne of Avonlea was the second sequel to it, and then Road to Avonlea was the spinoff show. And then years later, they had, I think, is Anne of Green Gables continuing the continuing story or something? Mm -hmm. Do I have? You know what? Maybe I have it in my notes. She has so many notes, you guys. There's pictures. There's so many wonderful things. I just have. I'm impressed that you have a printer. I. Actually, you know what? This printer came from work. So it's not my printer. I would love like a television show. I would love to watch a reality show where um, a a TV, a TV, like a production company goes in and just prints out all the history from like a company, from a company printer Mm -hmm. to find all of like the things that employees print that don't have to do with work. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. for sure. It would just be a horrible for me. It would lawsuit. just be scripts, <laughs> scripts, Sketch, sketches, sketches, scripts. Oh my gosh! No, for me, it would be like bills too. <laughs> so, <laughs> just I mean, like all the things, everything. I was gonna say a passport pictures on there, all that kind of stuff. Oh my god, it's so um, funny. But yeah, well, people have to look it up because I don't have it in my notes, and I don't want to okay. like look it up. But that's okay. Uh, the two series that are worth watching again are Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea. Let's yeah. talk about so. the Netflix series because I'm oh, curious as yes. to how that crashed and burned. Yeah, did it? I didn't. I had no idea. I was like actually really looking forward to it, but then I saw the pilot's two hours long, and nobody's got time for that. Okay, well the reason why it's I thought it was horrible is because it it just kind of missed the mark of the spirit of what these books are about and about the character. So it's first of all, it's a children's book right so yeah. it's it's for young girls it's for young adults and young girls so teenage girls so you kind of have to like speak to that but this version of the show is supposed to be a gothic re- gritty reimagining of it oh, so it's okay. very much like for adults to watch so i don't know what they were thinking but they also the person they got to write the show what is how you pronounce her name um, i feel she, like she's it's already one. written why are you More, i know right why are you but fucking they, with it they just well, this lady wanted to fuck with it badly, and she did. It's <laughs> Moira Wally Beckett. So, but she's like, she's legit. I mean, she created the show uh, Flesh and Bone, which is basically Black Swan on television. Okay. So it's about cool. the horrors of being a ballerina, which, you know, we could always have a conversation about that that we could go on yes. forever. About the horrors yeah. of being a ballerina? And being an Andy, Andy knows. Andy knows. Were you a ballerina? A I, okay, I wanted to be a ballerina and I had kind of a shot at it when I was in junior high I was able to do the summer program in New York so um with American well it's American School of Ballet so um and I didn't get picked to stay on okay but I had I got to experience the summer of what it's like to be you know trained to be an actual dancer uh yeah it was eye-opening because I thought it was just like, oh, we're just going to be dancing all day. This is going to be so fun. Just dancing and exercising, eating, meeting people. Well, first of all, you don't eat. <laughs> None of the girls ate. Uh, and That's I learned, what I've heard. And you learn how to smoke. Oh, you, wow. And then you also. How old were you? I was 13. Oh, my God. I mean, and you have all this peer pressure around you with all these other girls that are like trying to get into the school. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I got it. This is so cool. Because they have a, a West Coast equivalent. So in Orange County, like they like they try out all these dancers then you can go um and i was one of the people that got picked to go 
So when I got there, I was like, "This is so exciting! I'm yeah. in New York. This is so cool. Why are these girls so sad? <laughs> Wait a second. Why are you not excited to be here? Oh, they're just hungry. They're, they're, hungry. Just, they're just hungry. They're hungry. They're sad because they're not developing the way they should. Oh no, absolutely. they need to be having milk. Their bones are growing. Oh, there, I had. A, we had a bunch of not Virginia Slims. Yeah, right. I know yeah, what's going on. I mean, we were 13. Some of these girls, like I was late in terms of puberty but some of these girls are like full blown so then they yeah. were like you know also experiencing the range of hormones and Jeez. it's it's brutal it's pretty I mean, intense i can yeah. imagine but so, so she anyways. so she wrote she wrote not only this this fashion bomb but fashion blow she's also she wrote that she's also on breaking bad she was a writer for breaking bad oh so that's her pedigree so you're like okay well you know of course she knows how to write dark and gritty yeah but then they turned they did they gave her the story so, of course, she's going to retell it in the most dark and realistic, grounded way possible. And it was, you know, it's set in 1908, rural Prince Edward Island. So, of course, she's going to like, and it's about an orphan, so she's going to take the worst of it. Mm. So, the, this character, the first thing that you notice that is that this girl has the most horrible PTSD because, you know, she comes from an orphanage. She, before that, she was working, she was basically being passed from house to house. I mean, yeah, generally, generally Anne, speaking, yeah. like in film, orphans mm-hmm. just aren't happy. Yeah, no, but this. If we learned anything from Little Orphan Annie, you know? Exactly. I, I mean, mean, like, come on, Miss cotton, blank, cotton blankets instead of wool. Empty, oh. bel- empty bellies instead of full. That sounds miserable. That you is know? horrible. I actually had a fun orphan <laughs> fact the other day. It's not fun. It's very dark. But uh, Romania, at some point, um, their leader made abortion and contraception illegal. So there was like a crazy population um, spike. Spike, mm. And families would send children to orphanages be- not because the parents weren't together, but because they did not have room for all the children they were having because they had no legal oh way gosh. of oh my preventing it. So it's like housing. <laughs> Basically. And like these oh. orphans. They send us to college. They put them yeah. And like Orphans. studies on these orphans showed mm-hmm. that like, you know, the reason um, it was like orphans, like it sucks so bad is because kids really need someone to attach to when they're young. Mm-hmm. And these kids were just like in these dark rooms, like naked and just it's so oh, sad. Oh my gosh. But the reason this guy thought, he thought that like by increasing the population it would just bring like economic like boom and all, all mm-hmm. basically the opposite of what happens when you stop practicing birth control yeah oh my gosh oh, god i know oh. theoretically so, it works i put more people into the world yeah create more bodies workforce yeah. for the workforce but they're but not adjusted individuals, individuals. yeah Ugh. oh my god that actually yeah. was surprising in that clip that mm-hmm. you showed mm-hmm. that anne of green gables uh is very like peppy and articulate and mm-hmm. like very confident like stands mm-hmm. like very confident as an 11 year old girl mm-hmm. Because, I mean, as an orphan, you would assume, like, especially it says that she was, um, like, kind of tossed around from foster home to foster home. So she never really, like, made a connection. It's interesting that she has that upbeatness. Well, yeah. that's, the interesting thing is, like, this the, this guy, Kevin Sullivan, you know, who created – also, the the books actually do a really good job explaining, like, how she actually comes to terms with – she makes a choice in the books to be like – Okay, well, I have to. I mean, in a way, you could say like she chose to be a little eccentric and crazy um, to kind of get through it, to and, like get a coping, it. coping mechanism. mechanism. Which is why in the reboot with this um, Anne with an E, mm-hmm. she basically dresses it head on. She goes, "Yeah, the girl's crazy. She's got PTSD, and that's how she she handles it by detaching. She has like imaginary friends, blah blah blah." In the books and the the way that she dresses, it's that like, yeah, she had a really rough or a uh, 
childhood, but the way that she coped with it is that she chose to be hopeful and she chose to be resilient. Yeah. So it's like a different attitudes, and and you can see in the way that they in both in the television series and in the books how that is addressed and portrayed. So that's yeah. why the characters can is more of a heroine than in this case in the reboot, where it's more like you're looking at a girl who's been victimized, and you're seeing like, well, geez, how is she going to get past all this? Oh, geez. So it, you really get yeah. in deep with like how she was treated before she gets to Green it, Gables in this in well, the reboot in the reboot especially. Yeah, and it's really dark and it's just it's brutal. If you didn't know, if you hadn't read the books before, you might be like, oh wow, this is a really interesting drama. You know, it's really yeah. well done. It's just so beautifully shot. I mean, that's what if you're reading like the different like blogs and critics mm-hmm. that some people will say that they would be like well it's really well done but it's not <laughs> Green Gables so don't yeah. even think for nostalgia reasons to watch the show oh, but wow. I mean but it addresses some interesting things it talks about it addresses PTSD um, uh, I guess um, sexual abuse uh-huh. Uh-huh. of course um, oh. misogyny um, is that LGBT like, oh, issues? Gosh. Everything. Yeah. Oh, of course, no. women's rights, feminism. But I, you know, I, I was talking about the, someone else recommended The Handmaiden's Tale to me today. I think it was I think it was Greg, our friend Greg, uh, oh. recommended The Handmaiden's Tale to me, and I mm-hmm. just was like. You know, I'm really, I'm like really sick and tired of seeing this kind of shit on That's TV. That's an intense, it's an intense, I mean, Handmaid's Tale to me, I haven't finished it yet, but mm-hmm. it was, I, it's one of those things that, it's a very tough watch. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like it's like an important one as well. See, but that's where it comes from. I mean, it, it comes the book. It comes mm-hmm. from a very dark place, mm-hmm. as opposed to Anne of Green Gables. To me, seems like it comes from a place of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, it, absolutely. It, it it comes from a place of like it's it's inspirational. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be. And then they what they did is in this case they just took that and just reimagined it into like well let's just make this as dark as real, real as yeah. possible and yeah and miss the mark in my opinion but this what you're just saying actually brings up a question that i wanted to ask both of you so with shows like handmaid's tale this rendition of Anne with an e um just all the anti-hero shows out there do you think we're i mean how do you guys feel about seeing so much of this on the air these days do you think it has affected you in terms of um how your perspective and outlook sure on day-to-day yeah, it's. I think everything is so intense mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I think politically everything is really intense right now, and there's a lot of uh, theatricalness that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And I think television always has a wonderful tendency mm-hmm. to reflect what is going on, you know, in 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 current you know culture. But it is overwhelming. Yeah. It I'm, is overwhelming because a lot is so un we're really in a in a time where like things are not um comfortable. Right. And we're watching a lot of uncomfortable television as well. And it's just sometimes you just need to put on an episode of Friends or whatever. Like something like cheery and just chill to to escape because television mm-hmm. is also an escape. Mm-hmm. And it's important to um Hold and reflect a, a mirror to society. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's one of the best parts about television. But then there are times where I'm just like, let's fucking watch Thirty Rock and call it a day. You know, you get a little overwhelmed. Yeah, I feel like that's been happening a lot in terms of like the other people that I've been talking to. I don't have any actual like statistics on it, but I feel like these days, well, part of it, like the reason why there's so much I think anti-hero like dark um, content out there is because of you know 
the previous administration was was hopeful, and people, even though there was like problems that you know there was conflict and things that certain things that were not ideal about. The previous administration, but uh, for me, I was like, I feel safe to the point where even yeah. at one point, I wasn't even paying attention sometimes to what was going on. Yeah, you didn't in Washington. have to, and I feel like yeah. part of mm-hmm. that is how we're here now because mm-hmm. everybody was like super, like it's we're gonna be okay. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, I don't need. He's not mm-hmm. gonna be. You know, how could he even get mm-hmm. elected? I mean, you could even right argue now. that that complacency is one of the reasons why we are we are here. Yeah, we're yeah. Here. Oh, exactly. for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because we've been mm-hmm. super comfortable. But I think that's the reason why. But you know how like whenever people like whenever at least in entertainment when they start like releasing content, it's always like kind of like they're a little bit behind the eight ball so I feel mm-hmm. like that's why we're seeing all this kind of stuff because like when you're comfortable you're okay watching horror movies you're okay with like you know scaring yourself just it's a intense. little bit yeah. have some like dystopian stuff so I think there's like what we're seeing is the dregs of it but a lot of my friends are I shouldn't call it dregs I mean there's some really good content out there I mean Handmaid's yeah. Tale is a great show I just can't watch past like the first two episodes it's because in, it's, it's just I, too I, intense for me. I turned it off. Yeah. I'm watching Younger on TV Land right now. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing. I really recommend that show. Damn, it's really I funny. love that show. My mother loves I'm like that, that too. Show. I love that show. My mother loves that show. Because it's fun. It's and like, Rick and Morty like, season three oh comes gosh. back out July 31st. Yes, so I'm so excited. Oh, good. <laughs> but see, well, that's what a lot of people have been telling me. They're like, we just don't want to see. I mean, our right now, just IRL is so ridiculously in chaos and difficult and stressful. All we want to do is just watch you know, fun, escapist, aspirational television. Yeah. So, which is why I've totally, like, when I started before this podcast, I was like, okay, I'm going to rewatch the shows. I was it's totally, this was like the best thing ever. It was just yeah. to spend the entire day binge watching a, a show about just a little girl. Like, a lot of these things um, that she goes through, you're like, oh my God, in real life, people would not react this way to this girl. They would mm-hmm. look at her and be like, she's crazy, let's put her in loony bin, you know, like, she's talking too much. But in this case, like, this world that, uh, that, that in, you know, that's built, this Anna Green Gables world, it's just very, um, it's very inspiring. It's also the the characters are all very supportive of each other. I mean, even though it's like a small town gossip, there's just constant love and acceptance throughout yeah. the entire series. And I think that's the kind of stuff that I want to be watching right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm actually trying to take a break from television a little bit mm-hmm. because I've been watching a fuck ton of it the last couple, the last like six seven months particularly because I'm trying to write for television like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like write scripts and stuff and spec and I just I find that when I watch too much of it especially like up-to-date content I feel really sluggish and depressed so I'm just listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks right now very smart you gotta find your like happy content it is totally my happy content like I just love it I love those I love those fucking books so much that's your guilty pleasure I mean it's hardly guilty I have a Harry Potter tattoo it's like very obvious that I have <laughs> what house are you? Oh, I'm Slytherin. I okay. always get Slytherin. <laughs> See, Andy and, Andy and I, I did getting our... over. Okay, good. No, I was going to say, Andy and I actually got sorted the other day at uh, at Warner Brothers together. Oh, it's amazing. pretty magical. Oh, my fun. gosh. What's your house, Veronica? Gryffindor. Yeah, um, so. She's eyeing. She's eyeing yeah. me. She's eyeing me. Okay. I'm Slytherin too, and over here, what are you? I'm a Gryffindor. Amanda's but then I took Gryffindor. the time. I took the time one. I the took test? the time test, and they said I was a Ravenclaw. Oh, I took the time test. Mm-hmm. Time test told me I was Gryffindor, but I'm always Gryffindor, and then Slytherin right underneath. Same. I have like a percentage of each. because the thing with the, all the questions. This is the thing I don't like about Slytherin is Slytherin gets its bad rep because it's always like, what would you rather do? Like, it's like I got to watch out for myself first, and it's like that's not a wrong answer. That's 
It's like you, you put your own fucking oxygen mask on before you help anyone else. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I well, I mean, I think I the reason that. why I got sort of slithering is the whole ambition thing, like oh, yeah. percentage of ambition. Mm. So, but then I'm like you too. Like, there's like the there's a more I guess uh, extensive test where it gives you percentages of how much, <laughs> which is like not right because you get sword in the house, you go to the house, right? Yeah. But um, but Harry was almost Slytherin. So. He was almost Slytherin. His guess, child, <laughs> in the cursed child, is Slytherin. <gasps> is Slytherin really? Albus mm-hmm. Potter is Slytherin. Oh That's shit! Right. You guys, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't read that book. I have it. You can borrow it okay, if you want. It's good. It'll take you three <laughs> hours to read because it's, it's a it's a it's, it's a, a play. play. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're actually at one. <laughs> Um, yeah, we started a few. We started a few minutes late, though. Do you think we could do like? No, we got to get going. Well, I don't know. We have to. Can we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ten-ish. we can do like two okay. more minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I would love to talk about Gilbert. Talk, talk about, about Gilbert. Gilbert so much. Well, okay. So he's one of the reasons. He's another reason why he, his character is the guilty pleasure of mine because I think he's the ultimate romantic hero. In, oh, ter- yeah? in terms of like looking for like pure escapism, romantic like things to like invest yourself emotionally and just for a moment just to dream have a fantasy that this guy this character is phenomenal for that what is what is it about him okay he okay so there's a couple of things one of them is that number one he lets Anne be Anne they they, they've known each other since they were like children right and they grow up together and he's always they actually don't have um well I guess Gilbert did love her, I guess, from like start to finish. But they don't know that they're both teenagers. Yeah. So, but they did have a thing for each other. But they had a, a rivalry initially as classmates, and so they were always neck and neck in school. But the thing that was so amazing about his character was that even though yeah, he started out kind of arrogant, he kept getting schooled by this girl. Yeah, this like redhead. She puts girl. him in his place. She constantly puts him in his place. But the thing is, like he, his character is always like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had that kind of like no. I guess the chivalry to be yeah. like to acknowledge, yeah, she was smarter than me. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. And he was never afraid of her, which is I think is like something that's just really interesting about um, the difference between like character. Because whenever you watch like romantic comedies that you know definitely were written by guys, they're always afraid of the girl that they're dealing with. Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to talk to her? How am I going to reach out to her and stuff like that? The character of Gilbert is just like. Yeah, she's she's a girl, but I mean, like, she's also a person. So yeah, I'm he treats treat her, her like a person. Yeah, I'm going to get to know her as a person, treat her as an equal. I'm not going to be, like, just because, you know, she's... And also, you know, she was a redhead, and she was the little witch. She, she was, like, in a way, she was the minority of the group. She stood out. He, yeah. She's like, she's a weirdo, but I don't care. I'm yeah. still going to, like, respect her and get to know her. And that is, like, through the entire series, the entire series of the books, even up to when he asks to marry her he promote he pro- proposes to her twice oh, the yeah. first time he proposes to her she's like I, I can't do this right now because like there's i don't want things to change i want to see i want to experience life and see what it's like and yeah because once you're married mm-hmm. it was done at that point mm-hmm. i feel like yeah and his character of course he was miffed and he was like okay well fine you know you just rejected me yeah but he still was like i'm gonna give you your space so and i thought that was just really amazing the fact that this character actually just 
was respectful. Respectful. Was respectful and, and so like a good the word, person. The word, the word you're looking for is respect. <laughs> I mean, he looked at her as a whole individual, a human yeah. being, as opposed to an object. And so, someone to satisfy his needs. Yeah. Exactly. Way to go, Lucy, for writing a character like that. I know. I think you that's know? like one of the again. Very feminist in yeah. my opinion, so I was just not. I bought her. That's for how. That. That's how I mm-hmm. feel about um, mm-hmm. in uh, Little Women with the oh, professor right. and like how the professor treated Joe and like asked like asked her to like he's like write your story, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like saw her intelligence and like saw how how smart she was and like respected her enough you know like it was respectful towards her and like cared for her and like wanted her to like have her school and do her thing and like very similar storyline very similar in anna green gables probably why i liked the show so much there's like i wish we had time i would totally like show you those clips but um yeah there's one where she basically she wrote so she wants she's an aspiring writer not just a teacher. And I she, love how I love how writers always like a lot of the time make their main characters writers. <laughs> that is <laughs> no. a classic but, trope. Well, you write what trope. you know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I know, I know. Yeah. But in her case, so she had this short story that she had, like worked on, and she just absolutely loved it. Had submitted it everywhere to publishers, and then been rejected multiple times. And then her best friend Diana Barry submits it to a contest. So a writing contest. And it turns out to be the contest for the Rolling Reliables Baking Company. So, and Anne wins. Okay, nice. So it becomes basically a, f- a form of advertisement, which is to her horror. Because she's like, what? I thought this is the real literature. How come it's being turned into like a comical like version of advertisement for baking powder? And she also said, like, how did that happen? Diana's like, oh, at the very end when she's making the cake, which is supposed to be the most romantic like scene in this short story. And she goes, she says, I'm using Rolling Reliable's baking powder, oh <laughs> which is gosh. hysterical. Guys, get that, get like, get in there. Make it happen. Get Make it work for placement. you. Product placement. placement. Exactly. Nice. Uh, so, but she's completely like devastated by it. And all Gilbert says is like, well, you know what? He doesn't even, he doesn't even like flinch. He's like, you know what? I read, I read it as well. And I'm, I think, you know, you should just write what you know. You should just be yourself. Why are you, like, trying to write something that is not you, that is what other people want to hear? Yeah. Of course she gets mad. and then. But later on? Yes, this is so, mm -hmm. this is very in line Mm -hmm. with Little Women. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, she does. She writes a book, and it gets published, and it's all because of him. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. Yeah, very parallel. Mm -hmm. So Little Women, she writes Little Women, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So good. Maybe I should look into... I love Little Women, too. Maybe I should look into... See about whether they're like never copying it. each other. Yeah, I don't know. Like around, You've never the same seen time. It's so good. I know. It's so good. I know. It's something that I was one of. We talked about it last a uh, mm-hmm. couple of episodes back of of mm-hmm. like Joe March was like my girl. She's but the girl? Winona Winona Ryder mm-hmm. version because I didn't read the books, but I watched the movies. Oh, so well, who same. wrote Little Women? Louisa May Alcott. Yeah, yeah. I read the books. I only read Little Women though. That I also, didn't read Little Men. That also yeah. came around mm-hmm. Suffragette time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm wondering if there's like, she like some moves kind of to parallels. New York and yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Actually, there um the house. Did you guys watch uh, Crashing? Yes, with Pete Holmes. Yes, yes. with Pete Holmes. Behind him on the corner of the street that he's like passing out flyers, that's where 
she wrote Little Women, like no the house way. right next to it. Yeah. And I love it used that. to be across the street. It's on West Forth. And it's across the street from uh, Cafe Reggio's. And I used to like go to Cafe Reggio's and like have a coffee and like look <laughs> at the house and be like, there it is. <laughs> Give me your Give me inspiration. <laughs> I want to go into that house. Um, but yeah, oh. it's, it's. Yeah, it definitely has it has some crazy similarities, but it's nice. I think we should seek out more positive uh, female empowerment. I think Absolutely. we do need a powerful female empowerment story. Mm-hmm. You know? I think we need yeah. a really good, like, I love, like, I need a really good, I don't know if The Handmaid's Tale is like this, because I, I really, mm-hmm. I just stopped. I, I couldn't. It was it's just difficult. Too, and then I heard that it one. just gets r- r- more rough, more difficult. And I, like, I just want, I want a, I want a nice female empowerment story mm-hmm. that, like, is going to, like, um, I don't know if you guys read, like, Twilight and the Hunger Games when they came out, but, like, I liked. I did not, actually. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. We forgive. Oh, no, uh, I read, no, I read Hunger Games, not Twilight. Twilight, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, okay. Twilight. I've read both. Okay. So what I liked about Hunger Games, uh, especially the first one, was that, like, Katniss was a very, like, strong and, like, mm-hmm. powerful character. What I did not like about it as the series went on is I didn't kind of like how it really, like, played to the two romantic elements That's why it. I stopped reading the second book, because she was like, what if I have to marry Peter? And I was like... Just freaking d- like yeah. go and take the shit down. But like, the first go. book, the first book was very like powerful, and yeah. there was like a personality her behind her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Twilight, which I read uh, half because I was interested, half because I mean everyone else was reading it. I remember I said to someone, I was like, she is literally like the most basic of a person that literally anyone can insert themselves into. Mm-hmm. Like she is no like it's supposed to be her story. I've never seen a fucking heroine so passively live their story. Yeah. Like it was just, and I, I think I'm, and then I go back to Harry Potter, and I'm like, that was just such like a brilliant, like I just, I want that, I want like Harry Potter, but mm-hmm. with girls, and I've seen like there was been some trying with it, but I want my main character to be a girl. What about Hermione? Well, Hermione was badass, and she's yeah. she's dope, but I mean like it is his mm-hmm. story, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Harry's story. Yeah. So I want, I would love to see that with. A, a woman, a, fe- a very strong female character. I well, keep fantasizing that they're going to do. Was it the American School's Ilvamori? Is that how oh, you pronounce it? it? I don't know. You I know wanna, what? I want them to do that story. I would love. I read the entire thing yeah. on Pottermore, mm-hmm, like all same. of the Ivermori, like like all mm-hmm. of the. Oh, it was so good. Like I like I drank it up because the cursed child was kind of like. And I'm gonna pretend like that didn't happen. Oh, was it bad? <laughs> is it not good? Um, it's it's, it's is it disappointing? It, it's. It shouldn't have been a play. This it should have just been a book. No, I, no. I don't even think it should have been anything. How about that? I think it should have stayed on fanfiction.net. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I haven't seen it as a play, though, so apparently when you see it as a play, it's a little bit better. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. It's Sometimes it's you need the visual. Um, would you like to wrap up anything else about Anne of Green Gables before we Any wrap? last words? I think, you know, just the what you just said about how, like, we need to be looking more for, like, you know, empowering female heroines. Yeah. Like for, I mean, I think Katniss is a really good example from Hunger Games, but I mean, we need more of those. And yeah. I think especially like, well, like, you know, I'm not 11 anymore, but I mean, <laughs> I would, and maybe one day I will have an 11 year old and I want to give her something besides, I mean, as much as I love Anna Green Gables, I mean, this was written in the turn of the, cent- the last century. So, I mean, yeah. We, it's time. It's, it's time. time for a, a new, you know, badass girl. Maybe a Wonder Woman. I guess that's kind of cool. But she's, yeah. you know, she's a superhero god. It's I don't different. know. It's a little it's too different. easy. This is, this is, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's separate. Like, mm-hmm. she's born of gods, for Christ's sake. Yeah. As opposed to, like, a girl who has met struggle and still looks at it through a positive 
lens mm-hmm. or chooses to be positive. Because I think that being positive is oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes can be a choice mm-hmm. and like your perspective and your point of view. And I think it's it's nice and empowering to see somebody go and kick ass yes. with a smile on their face. So. Absolutely. Thank with you. just your imagination and your smarts, which yeah. is what she did. Damn right. I mm-hmm. love that. Yay. I love that. Thank you so much. Do you, wanna plug, do you want to plug yeah, Do you want to plug anything? Not anything right now. Is I there mean, anything we can I'm... follow you on? So if you have anything, if you have any shows or anything like uh, that? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Just find my name. That's my full name, actually. So it's Andrea Apui. A-N-D-R-E-A-A-P-U-Y. Damn it. Love there. it. Love it. Thank you for opening me to this world. That was great. Watch the show. Read the books, girls. Will do. Yay. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.